Hey guys, this is the Damage Control Podcast, and I'm Anthony Angelillo. And I'm Melinda Grimaldi. Are you ready for our next episode? Let's get down to business. Awesome. Anthony Angelillo, a mortgage banker over here with Paramount Residential Mortgage Group. Been doing this about 19 years. CEO, founder of Tag Team Nation Marketing Company and co-host of Damage Control, top originator of the year uh, for 2020 in Scotsman Guide. And we are about to launch something really badass. So I am excited to uh, to talk about that later episodes. We'll see once it's uh, yeah. ready. Go ahead, Melinda. Good, good stuff. Hi, guys. Melinda Grimaldi, real estate title attorney for Grimaldi Law Firm and The Closer's title, which launched last month. We uh, we are already closing deals under the title company, so we're super excited. Our first deal we closed was Anthony's refi, so that <laughs> that was super cool. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago, so now we're, we're rocking and rolling and um, getting into the groove to have the two companies. And of course, co-host of Damage Control, one of my favorite things to do every week. Um, and we are so happy to have Tamara back on with us. So I'm going to give you a little backstory. A lot of you that are watching right now were, may have not been um, on that original episode uh, show that we had episode way back. It was, it was definitely one of the first five. And yeah. I remember that because it was right after we started quarantine, like strict quarantine. Yeah. And I remember, I remember uh, talking to Anthony. Anthony, the agents are freaking out. <laughs> like, I remember this. I remember like yesterday. Oh, like how do we get? How do we get? These agents need to calm down. They need to like refocus. They need to say, you know, kind of get their minds right. And I said, let's get Tamara on the show to talk about, you know, mindset. Um, so I think we got a lot of great feedback on that show. But today we're not going to talk about the fear and the, well, we, we might talk about fear, but not, we're not talking about quarantine or COVID today. We're going to be talking about psychology of success. Now I'm blessed to be uh, friends, good friends with Tamara. So we've had many conversations where we've talked about, you know, mindset and, and growth and, you know, challenges. And so I really wanted you guys to hear her mm -hmm. speak on a different angle. Cause she's really amazing. So she has like all these letters after her name. Um, she can explain what those mean, um, but she's really, really <laughs> awesome. Her office is in Aventura and Tamara, why don't you introduce yourself as well? All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Definitely that first episode was very much about managing that unknown and the fear with everything changing. And it's kind of cool a year and a half later, I think a year and a half, right? Or maybe a week, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to um, look at what we, how far we've come and how things have changed. So, um, so thank you for the introduction. <laughs> I, is that a money tree? You guys have your money trees. I'm like, this money tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I am a psychotherapist. I have my office in Aventura. And if you follow me on Instagram or anything that I post, I do love posting because I, I, I love just that moment of sharing energy and inspiration. And if you follow me, you'll probably see that I often repeat myself with a couple of like phrases. One of them is, you have to align your mindset, not just for success. We're going to talk about success today, but for anything, whether it's a success in relationships, professionally, health, dealing with health issues, whatever it is, you have to start with a mindset. And then the other thing I usually say is work with your mind, not against your mind. So if you learn how to work with your mind, you unblock. If you work against your mind, 
you block yourself and you don't, you know, you don't, you don't experience the success you want to experience. So those are the things that I usually kind of always put out there. And that's what I want to do a little bit today. I love that. I see that very often where there's, there's professionals, realtors, whomever working really, really hard. And someone who works that hard should be seeing success, but for whatever reason, they are, they're blocked and there's different reasons why they're blocked. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily always know why sometimes I kind of have a hint as to why based on knowing people a little bit per, more personally, but, um, it's, it's such a huge thing. And by understanding what's blocking you, right. Is how you can overcome, right. Understanding where, where your quirks are, uh, in your mind is how you, uh, start to unwrap and, and overcome them. So, uh, how do we start by, how do we know for blocked? Yeah, that's How do you, oh, I'm going to talk about it. There's different ways of knowing. And I, ha I have a, a million tricks, but I don't want to just give tricks. I want to create a sturdy foundation within whenever I meet with clients, whenever I teach or share information, we have to look at the sturdy foundation and not just, you know, have tricks, but I have right. tricks too. Okay. Um, how much time do we have? Because I could talk about this for years. You we have till 12 o'clock. Okay. Okay. All right. I We're mean, we can, we can go we'll, power through. We can go through it. Like don't skip the good stuff. You know, like if we go over a little bit and someone has to go, it's recorded. So let, let's get through some good stuff here. Okay. All right. So should I just go for it? Yes. Go ahead. Go for it. And we'll ask questions as we, as we feel like we want to interject. Yeah, feel free to jump in. So basically what I wanted to do today, as I was thinking about what to share, like I said, I could do this. I'm actually writing a book right now and I could do this for years, but we have, we have 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do it. Um, so basically I want to create space right now in this conversation where not only we're talking about a theme or a topic or success, but I might, my hope is that this conversation will allow each person in here or whoever is listening to have a conversation with themselves. Because it's only in that moment where you really become still and you notice some things with honesty that you can change them. Otherwise, you keep being who and how you are. And that's just not reaching our fullest potential. So there's this... Um, potentiality within the mind that is accessible to us, it's there. We just don't reach it oftentimes. It is accessible, but because of life as it happens, events, how we were raised, trauma, whatever, our own interpretation of things, it blocks. So going back to what Melinda just asked, how do we know we're blocked? You may not know. You're just living life, but there is a blockage. And the goal is to become aware of that blockage to then be able to um, overcome. So that's the process of aligning yeah. mindset. Yes. So when we're talking about blocks, they're not, I think everyone's has blockages, right? And mm -hmm. it just depends on when you get to a stage where that block starts to show itself or yeah. starts, starts to impact what you're doing, right? So everyone has blockages. What do you call them? Blockages or layers? I think you've used that word before with me. Yeah. Uh, these are layers, like, like layers of an onion, right? So to, to be able to understand our story like, and paying attention to kind of your experience and why you feel the way you feel. Mm -hmm. 
when something is all of a, all of a sudden like why why is my stomach hurting right, me right now you know like when you know for me i that's that's how i feel that's how i know something's going on like what is why am i feeling <laughs> uncomfortable i get this like the, you know like that traditional like knots in my stomach so so anyways that's all so but so when you guys here are hearing of like uh, blocks. Don't think of them as as like sometimes these huge issues. It could be just a, a, an experiences that have like evolved you over time, right? Yeah. You know so I was having a consultation this morning, and this is a definition of a block. And it's a new agent, and we're going over an intake form. And she is asking, "Why are we doing the intake form? What's the purpose of it? Clean data in, clean data out. There's blockages through agents' career that when they disposition that lead to a lender, it's already dispositioned wrong. So right there is is a, is a is a new way of delivering a new method, basically. So it's small little things like that that you might find in your work schedule that are not making your life more efficient. Can I can I ask one more question? Yeah. What what's the definition of like a blockage, like? Can it be work-related or can it be, are you going to go into personal or are you going to go into work? I'm going to go into everything. I'm going to go, go into your mind. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so a blockage is an experience. It is an experience that can be a perception. It can be an event. It can be Let's say you are preparing um, a contract or something. Most of you guys are all in the real estate business, right? In, in the event right now that yes. we're doing. Yes. So let's say there's a, a contract and a, a mistake was made. That can be perceived as blockage. It's a block to the process. So it doesn't mean it's a problem. It doesn't mean it's um, a failure. It's um, an event, a perception, something that may create um, uh, a bit of a pause Anything that might stop you or make you feel something. Does that make sense so far? Consciously or subconsciously, right? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. It, it's not always right in front of our face why we yeah. do or not do things. Yeah. So when you were working with mindset, here's something to keep in mind. You can read thousands of books. Sometimes I'll re I'll, I, I read a lot. I love reading. And I'll take these um, uh, uh empowerment books and business, you know, success, entrepreneurial books. And I start reading and I go, nah, and I close it. And some, I look and I go, You're, this is awesome. Because sometimes people focus solely on the behaviors you need to focus on to be successful, like being disciplined, having a routine. That's all good. But this comes in a second part of a process that you need to know how to do. If you do that as your focus, you will fail. And that's why we quit often, because you're not aligned in your mindset to be able to have those amazing things work for you. So say that one more time. Reiterate. I don't, I don't know if I can say what I just said. <laughs> I, 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 I want to recap this because it's super important. And, and I want to I want to wanted you to also differentiate a few things. Yeah. The books is very similar to what a lot of coaches will say. You must mm -hmm. do this, 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 and this. And a lot of those things, we know how to do them. They're not crazy different than what we do. It just, people will start and they stop and they start and they stop because the coaches will go and tell you what to do, but they don't really, Tamara told me this and taught me this. Like they don't really like, like a, um, a psychotherapist, like her will, will wrap up. Like, why are you not doing it? Right. And so 
I know amazing coaches where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right. You know, it's not what coaches do. It is what a person who's focusing on that theme, are they including all the needs to be focused on? So it's, it's just a, a different way of looking at it. So for example, when you think of success, whether it's professionally uh, dealing with anything in your life, re- relationships, we focus so much, especially in this society. So when, in the beginning of today's conversation, we were discussing layers. You mentioned that I, I use the word layers a lot. So basically life happens, as I mentioned, we get molded. We either learn things or we're taught things, or we also interpret things. Any of those things create your mindset. Okay, so um, if you focus on, um, so let me kind of go back a little bit to what um, uh, Anthony said to repeat. Yes. If you just focus on doing, you are focusing so much on what you need to do. It's in the I do, not the who I am. The who I am is what comes first before you focus on the what I do or how I do it. The I am has to be clear because if the I am is not clear, you get blocked. Okay. So to, to kind of recap a little bit what Anthony asked to recap, think of it as a house. Since you guys are all in real estate, think of it as a house. Let's go there with, uh, with the appropriate analogies. A house, <laughs> you can buy a house, purchase a property, make sure you use Melinda and Anthony. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and let's say there's a crack in the foundation. But you know, you purchase it, you paint it, you freshen it up, you put, you design it with the amazing designs, but you don't address the foundation. Eventually it's going to fail. We're going to, it's going to have the, the, the blockages that will come up. But if you work on the foundation, which is your mindset, what is the mindset is the foundation that holds your beliefs. What are beliefs? It is the, what, what holds your thoughts. So we need to kind of look at mindset look at where your beliefs are, because that is that shows you the thoughts you have on a daily basis. How you see life daily is based on your mindset, your belief system, and your mindset is molded by how you have lived, how you interpret life, how you've experienced life, where you come from. So you need to have that moment where you really have that conversation where you look at your layers, and then you also learn how to connect with your mind and your body. So think of the house, understand that there needs to be a moment where you look at your mindset, what has molded your mindset and your beliefs. So here, since we're talking about the psychology of success, what is psychology? The study of the psyche, the study of the mind, because the theme today is success. Let's talk about success. You have to take a moment to define what success means to you. If you don't have the right definition, there's nothing you do that will have you be um, consistent in your actions. So you have to define what is success to me. Success to you might be different than what it is to me. To me, it may be, I don't know, let's say today I choose to rest. That's successful. But to somebody else, it might be laziness. So you have to be really clear because if you're not clear, your definition of success will be somebody else's definition of success. Maybe somebody that raised you, somebody, something you read on, on in a book or what you saw on TV. So you have to make sure you're listening to your own definition of success. Your now, I what am. You know, huh? I am. Your I, I am. want to rest today. That's making me mentally stable and just that's what I need. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't have 
your definition, you won't be clear enough to know the trajectory and the path, you know? So it, it, we're gonna cover a little bit today, um, uh, the different types of mindset to make sure you keep in check so you can catch yourself if you're in it or not. So I wanna make sure by today, I give you guys um, like, a, like a, a platform to stand on, but also little exercises and tricks because it helps. We all, we all need them throughout the day, right? So, um, so if you know your definition, um, and just think about it. When I think of success, what comes up? Let's say you say a certain number of um, clients a month or an amount in the bank or whatever it is for you. We may have to challenge that mindset and shift it because what if that goal is what's blocking you? Right? Sit with it for a little bit. What if your own goal is blocking you? And I'm going to explain how and why. This is why this is so cool. So I had this client a little while ago, uh, well, a while ago, with social anxiety. So she came in to see me, and I specialize in anxiety. So she came in to see me, and what she really wanted was to be able to raise her hand during meetings at work without experiencing that turbulence that we physiologically feel when we're anxious. She wanted to be able to walk into the coffee shop and order her drink without worrying so much of how she's ordering, being feeling so exposed. Um, she wanted to be able to give feedback in meetings. She wanted to be able to call clients. And just the fact of making that phone call, if you, you guys are in real estate, I think that's something that you guys usually do, but not just in real estate. Thinking of putting yourself out there, that can create an anxious experience within you. So her goal was, I want to be able to give feedback. I want to be able to call clients. I want to be able to walk into the coffee shop. The thing is that the way you label that experience, like making a phone call, if you see that as fear or a scary thing to do, guess what? Your brain obeys and follows the command your mind gives it. So if you're identifying that as your goal, but your goal is something so scary, you're going to have a reaction to that. It's going to be harder to achieve because you're focusing on something so scary. So um, sometimes you have to shift the goal so it becomes easier for you to really connect with it to then be able to do it in a better way. Why do we procrastinate? I'll tell you why. <laughs> One of the reasons. There's many reasons why we procrastinate. But think about it this way. We know there's something we need to do. It's something serious, important, it's needed. But because in a way, it's something we may not be looking forward to, maybe it's a big project. You know, if I say to you, let's say you love ice cream and I say, you know what? You get to eat this ice cream. You might not procrastinate at all. You just go ahead and eat it and you're super psyched. You have energy moving towards it. But let's say it's a big project, you know it's important for your career or it's a phone call, but you procrastinate that phone call. It's because you have a label that phone call as scary. Your brain will obey your mind's command. So in a way, we have to understand how you're labeling things, meaning look at your, look at your mindset, look at your belief systems, look at how you label things to be able to then, with awareness and intention, shift them. Does that make sense so far? Well, yes. What if you're jumping out of a plane? Obviously, that's gonna, your brain's going to be like, oh, this is not normal. So yeah. and what if someone thinks phone calls and cold calls are like jumping out of a plane? How do you control that? Right. Wonderful so, question. 
Okay, so what that means is you don't focus on jumping out of plane or making the phone call. We shift because see, there's that potential in there. If we just focus on the phone call and achieving that phone call, just that one phone call, you're limiting yourself. So here's what I, so let's work a little bit with mind and body. And here's how I guided that client. One of the ways, one of the exercises that I guided that client to be able to make calls, to be able to order the coffee and raise her hand, which in a way is the same for all of us in different settings. So if you think about, so now you just get the information from your body. Melinda mentioned earlier today that her gut gives her information. Let me kind of break it down a little bit what that means, because she's right. Your vagus nerve, your vagus nerve is an important nerve in the body that creates connection between brain and body, body and brain, and it's communicating constantly. It will tell you, you know, what you're feeling. It'll give you clarity and it gives your brain information about what you're feeling. So she feels it in her gut. So if I go to you and say, when you're making that phone call, when you're about to jump out of a plane or walk into uh, a meeting where you are sitting down, you're gonna raise your hand, the raising the hand, the making the phone call, how does that feel in your body? And people may say tense, cold, scared, strict, uh, restricted. And then if I say, what do you really want? What is your definition of success? I wanna feel calm. I wanna feel able. I wanna trust. I want to feel courageous. How does how do those things feel in your body? Warm, flowy, at ease. So we start focusing as making that the goal. We focus on no longer giving so much power to the phone call, but thinking about the pride of you know exerting that energy through your body as you are doing whatever activity you choose to do. When you start shifting your goal to an I am, the I do gets easier. Does that make sense? Complete sense. So I'll give you a personal example. If you are a therapist, I don't think there are any therapists in here or in the healthcare system, one of the things we have to do is documentation. Documenta documentation is a nightmare. What that means is not only you see the client, but then afterwards, all these things you have to document and do. Most therapists and anybody in the healthcare system avoids it like the plague or we procrastinate. But then because we have to do it, we find ourselves over the weekend not going out and doing it, right? So I realized I was procrastinating my documentation. So I said, okay, what can I do? How can I shift this? Because it's important. It's necessary. I have to do it. So when I think of documentation, I get tense. Like, I don't want to do this. Angry a little bit. But then I started shifting towards, um, as I do my documentation, how will I feel? The first thing that came to my mind was successful, accomplished, proud, you know? But if I avoid that because of how I look at it with being a nightmare, you know, it makes me avoid it. Your brain obeys. Whatever you label as not good, you will, your brain works, it's working well if you avoid it because your brain is wired to protect you. So whatever you label, as undesirable, your brain will do everything to make you avoid it. That's why you procrastinate and you quit because your brain is working well. Now, of course, if you've gone through some serious trauma, your brain may not be working well, but that can be, that can be, that's a different topic, you know? So 
if you're avoiding and procrastinating, that's your brain's way of protecting you. So we need to shift labels. We need to connect with a different feeling of who I am, what I want, my goal, to then do the I do well. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really awesome stuff. Yeah. yeah for, for me... I remember we've had these discussions before when I, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. There's a lot of moms on the call when you're, it was like, I was creating a conflict between being successful at business and being my successful at parenting. And I really, the reality is, is that uh, I wasn't even making my own definitions. I was using society's definition of what the perfect mom was, which is really unattainable, no matter what you do in life, no matter whether you're stay at home or you're, or you're, you're a full-time, you know, business owner or employee. So I was having that challenge. Uh, so I had to sit down and, and kind of say, this is how I want my life to look. And this is my definition of what being a good mom is and what being a boss is. Right. So, and then sometimes when I have those, those moments of, I had to relabel what certain things were. I had to re, like, you know, readjust and feel okay with some stuff the way it used to trigger me. And now it no longer triggers me based on yeah. some of these exercises. Yeah. And she's just my friend. She's not even my therapist, guys. So oh. imagine. If she's- <laughs> so imagine if she was your therapist, okay? <laughs> so. What exercise, what is the basic exercise? A basic exercise that you can give the audience right now for them to sit down, analyze what their I am's opposed to their I do's would be. Okay. So um, it's even more than an exercise. It's a feeling. It's an embodiment. It's a moment. It's a moment that you allow that internal conversation to happen. So every client that sees me, we have this moment throughout treatment, throughout our time together. And a lot of times I see people with severe mental health issues. And sometimes I just see people that just want to kind of make a decision or, or just feel more at ease, you know, with themselves. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. We need to create this connection um, with our energy, with our mind, with our brain, with our body. So it's that moment where you stop and you really start doing, it's, it's like a self-inventory. I like to call it that. When you start looking, you know, what are my definitions? What are my expectations? Um, what is it that, what is this house that I live in? You know, um, how am I, how am I perceiving my current situation? So I'll give an example. I do a lot of treatment for pain management. Okay. Um, because here's an interesting thing about the body pain hurts. So anything painful, you, you know, your body has a reaction. This alarm system goes on in there for you to treat it. If you have this chronic pain, that is with you and it's not just something that makes it go away like a medication or if it's chronic pain like uh whatever arthritis whatever it is you need to learn how to work with your mind or pain gets higher because brain it's almost like there's fire in the house and you need to put it out but what if you can't put it out right away what if you have to learn how to deal with it so you need to reach a place where you start relabeling pain instead of hating it you have to almost like hold it with regard and kindness and love, pain, go, pain goes down because it sends a different message to your brain and how it responds to pain. Same thing with a phone call. Same thing with, let's say you're dealing with a client in real estate. And let's say that client has a lot of money and maybe you feel a little intimidated and you might get a question. Am I good enough? Can I do this? Here's, 
part of the exercise in getting to know yourself. Notice your body's reactions as you're thinking about this client. If you kind of get stiff and tense, here is your body already ex experiencing how you label this client and this event. One of the ways that you can use the vagus nerve to send a message to your brain, because we're working in this integration at all times to access the mind's potential, you have to use this integration. So here's a simple exercise you can do as you honestly look at your feeling of intimidation. If you don't honestly look at it, you're going to make excuses. You're going to say, I don't have time. Oh, it's not going to be a good deal anyways. We create our illusions. We create our interpretations. Then we quit. So as you go back to the exercise of stopping for a moment, doing an inventory, in regards to that specific meeting with that in intimidating client, your body might get tense, feel cold, or feel um, nervous, or uh, if you even give a color, sometimes clients will be like black, gray. It's not a vivid color like orange, but allow all of these little pieces of information to I show you. So here's one way of allowing your body through the vagus nerve to connect with brain. In that moment, when you go see that client, notice how tense you are and intentionally expand your posture, raise your head, release your shoulders. Because when you are intimidated or in danger, you tense up. You will not express yourself successfully to that client because your energy will be of fear. But if you say to your brain, hey, we're safe, and here's how I'm showing you, I can just release. Sounds silly, but it sends a message that you can deactivate, and you do. So in that moment with that client, you're you're being the driver of the car and not the passenger of the car. You're taking you know, um, uh, the leadership. But if you don't have that moment of connecting with yourself, you miss an opportunity of alignment. Make sense? Does that answer your question? Completely. I mean, definition of pain, marathon runner, I always use this analogy. Uh, you have to, you know, train your body every single day, and it sucks, and it, and you just have to deal with it. But okay, what's another definition of pain? Not physical pain. What about like just being rejected by the phones every single day? Same aspect. So the physical pain, you actually feel it, and when you feel it, it's just like touching something hot. Immediately, when we touch something hot, we don't go, "Hmm, this is hot. Let me remove my hand. It's best for me." We have this built-in survival reaction of anything that is um, unpleasant for us to avoid. We will, that's why we procrastinate. We will avoid anything unpleasant. So if I touch something hot, immediately I, re I remove my hand. That's just not even you deciding. That's another part of your brain that will make sure, because it loves you, it's gonna make sure that you survive. So with physical pain, as soon as we feel it, it activates this survival mechanism. If it's not a pain that you can treat right away, you need to activate another part to calm that part down so you can remain, your, you can remain calm. In your case, let's say if you are running and you hurt yourself, you need to listen to that pain because pain is also your body's way to tell you something's wrong and you need to tend to it. Now, when it comes to rejection, um, uh, rejection is a huge one. Nobody likes to feel invalidated, rejected. Phone calls can create that feeling if you've had some rejections. Let's call it suffering. 
Pain is a type of suffering. Suffering is the umbrella. Pain is underneath it. Rejection is underneath it. Uh, a heartbreak is underneath it. Sadness, all these things are underneath it. So um, because you're wired to avoid suffering, that's what we do because we want to survive and be at ease. A state of tension and anxiety is not our baseline. It's not our, ba our homeostasis. It's not our place to live. It's not our home. But we learn how to live there and we don't know how to come out. So we stay there. That's why we need to look at the house to align the mindset. So when you, if you're labeling the phone call as undesirable, your brain's going to try to avoid it. So then we need to start looking at redefining rejection. Make sense? That's like, you know, people who do cold calling, right? You know you're going to get rejected, right? But you know that, like, statistically, I get 19 rejections. I'm going to get to that one that's going to say yes. So it's almost like I need to get rejected to get to that yes. That's, I don't know if that's yeah. an example of, like, reframing. Absolutely. You're reframing. It's almost like you're welcoming the rejections because you know there's going to be something happening beyond the rejection. So the rejection is no longer the big monster. You know, it's you're focusing on the reward, not the rejection. What you can do also is change the goal completely. It's not even about the phone call anymore. What if it's about making you a badass, powerful person? When you, when you do that, you're going to want to do a lot of things to work on the I am. So the phone call has no power over you. You know, if we zoom out, sometimes when we're so afraid or overwhelmed, we're hyper-focusing on something. If we have this exercise of mindset alignment, part of it, a part of it is zooming out and you see the bigger picture. Is that phone call really a, det a determination of your life? It's not, but in the moment we feel it, it's real. You know, so if we don't even give it that much power anymore and we simply go towards, let me work on the I am, now it helps you shift the focus. Does that make sense? Complete sense. Yeah. Helicopter, a helicopter view, basically. Yeah, yeah. You're jumping out of planes, you have helicopters. I mean, is this like a hobby or a desire? Have you ever jumped out of a plane, Anthony? I know. I, don't, I wouldn't do it, dude. I don't <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. There's, no, There's no way to reframe that for me. I had to, get over, <laughs> I had to get over flying, man. I couldn't fly. And I was like, screw this. I got to travel. I got to, and you know, Bob knows he's in the back. He had to deal with it. I was texting him and all that. I was petrified of flying, but I don't know. That, that's a control thing. Like I, I don't, you know, I don't, I like to be in control, I guess. Who knows? But yeah, that, that is awesome stuff, man. I am. So, so change change everything to I am going to kick ass today, period. And this yeah. is you know, getting up saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Now you go into someone that is going to have all these things that they're up against. I feel like a lot of agents and include myself. Oh my God, I have so many tasks to do. This is so overwhelming. I've got 50 things to do. How am I going to complete this? I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I feel like we all go through that. What's yeah. a good, um, <laughs> yeah, my mother's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I, and, and the reality is like, I'm also very organized, very structured. I have a team. And even, even with all that, I still have those days where I'm yes. just like, I don't know where to start. And sometimes yeah. I just stop and I write, okay, what are all the things? And so then you, like, let me prioritize and do one at a time. But I don't, I don't, do you have any suggestions for, for, for those people that are like feeling overwhelmed because maybe they did a lot of good stuff for their business, but now they're overwhelmed. Yes. Because they have so much to do. Yeah. 
So, um, light the candle. <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> okay. So remember the the initial exercise we started talking about is that inventory. So you have to catch your internal conversation. That's part of understanding where your thoughts are. It's part of understanding where your mindset is. So I like to use, since we're going with houses here, I like to use this exercise with clients. Um, pretend you're a house. I'm a house. Each person here is a house. We're, not, we're no longer talking about the structure and the foundation. We are already clear that we need to work on the foundation, which is your mindset. And then after we, before we finish today, I want to go with how do, we, how do we then put behaviors aligned with mindset? But in the house now, not outside, imagine you have a basement and the basement is where ego lives. So if you've heard the word ego, basically what that means is that part of ourselves, part of the psyche that's very focused on me, self, I, it's very limited, it's stuck in a way. It doesn't expand into seeing more. So in that basement, there's no windows, there's no doors. All you have is just that place that sees very limited. There's a ceiling there. If you go up on the floor above, I like to call that place awareness. There you have a balcony, you can see the city, you have a door, you can flow, okay? So sometimes you have to notice, remember going back to aligning with the body, aligning with the mind. If you notice, if you allow yourself to stop and pause for a moment and just say, where am I in the house right now? I'm in the basement. I'm feeling anxious, I have too much to do. If you don't shift out of the basement intentionally, in aligning your mindset in, and I'm going to go a little bit into the different types of mindset for this specific example, um, you're going to stay there and you're going to survive through the day. At the end of the day, you will feel drained, overwhelmed. There's never enough time. There's never enough money. This is a scarcity mindset, what people refer to as scarcity mindset. It's also referred to as fixed mindset because in the basement, we're fixed. We're, we're stuck. You know, we're, we're, there's a lot of just a lack of movement and flow. In the floor above, on the floor above, there's movement. So the scarcity mindset is that place where we get so hyper-focused on the event, on the problem, that we go into a little bit of survival mode. When you're there, you're not creative. It, you may focus on problem solving, but you're not going to be at ease. So the opposite of that, the one that's where we wanna to shift to in that place of awareness is called abundance mindset. It's called growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So I realized as I was building my business that I was saying, uh, oh my gosh, there's so much to do and I'm so excited about all these different things. I have so many awesome ideas. There's not enough time. Crap, there's not enough time. Ah, frustration came up. I noticed the feeling of frustration. What does it feel like? Give it a color. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be silly, but if you create space for that um, moment with yourself, it informs you the internal narrative, your mindset, your beliefs. Practice enough in this way that it just creates this union. It's true like an integration with the self. So um, uh, what was I saying? I just lost my train of thought. You were, you were telling, we had, the, I was going to ask you like about this actually, or, or bring it up how we used to always say, we, we have to stop saying, I oh, don't have right. enough time, right? The, the no time. Right. Cause it yeah. just like, it, it puts you in that space already versus. Absolutely. So going back to Anthony's question here, you have an entrepreneur trying to make it, having all these ideas. There's so much to do. 
the positive of that is that, hey, there's a lot to do. You know, it's not that there is a, a lack of things, there is a lot, but it can be very overwhelming. So you have to notice that if you stay in the scarcity mindset, it limits you and you feel the frustration and it almost connects. It's very close to connecting you to feeling like a failure, like nothing you're doing is enough. So in a way, if you shift into abundance and growth mindset, it creates this acceptance towards um, moving through the day in a way that you are focusing on um, doing at ease, well, productively, um, not busy. Busy is scarcity mindset. Productive and at ease. When I say at ease, some people think I'm not moving fast enough. No, I can move, but I'm at ease about it. I'm not judging myself. Criticism, scarcity mindset. I'm not doing well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Scarcity mindset. At ease, for example, in traffic. This is an example of at ease. We're late. This is Miami or South Florida. You might get really mad in traffic because now you're going to be late and this and that. Your body gets really tense. You might curse at some people. You know, you might speed and just not be at ease. You can choose to accept, yes, I am late. But I'm choosing to embrace and embody the energy of at ease, which is not as tense, relaxing, you know, I'm moving the body, the shoulders, your jaw. And I'm accepting that I will get there, you know, in a, in a safe way. I will get there and I will do what I have to do. I will deal with it at ease, acceptance. So that kind of puts you, and you have to practice that. It puts you in abundance mindset, growth, there's flow. Scarcity restricts you. Abundance and growth, you create flow. Your brain needs to be in a state of creativity to be able to give you the best solutions for everything you need. If you're not at ease, you won't. You will have solutions, but it'll be survival solutions. It won't be creative, intense, mind-blowing solutions. So just that desire to achieve growth mindset can be a new goal. So when you catch your body being tense, allow that to inform you, okay, here I am, time to shift. And then just connect with the desire to um, grow and to flow. Just that alone is an exercise towards shifting. That's so good. I think giving yourself the time also to be able to reflect, right? So yes, in the moment, but all, I think that's why people are, who, who are successful are usually meditating and spending time with their thoughts. It's because you allow yourself the time to think about these things because otherwise you're in the grind and you're not paying attention to your mind and your thoughts. You're just reacting and doing. And then you end up back at that place where you're like, where, what's going on here? Versus yeah. having that time to reflect and you're able to catch yourself. You're able to understand yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then to adjust your thoughts that will set you up for a better, better day, better yeah. sleep, better whatever, you know? Yeah. It's about truly being honest with yourself. You know, I, I think these layers we get, like I said, if you don't know the I am, you will be something that was taught to you. Some, it'll be a layer of something else. We all get layers. It's impossible not to have a layer. Right. Living in a certain country compared to another country, um, society, parents, doesn't matter. We all get layers, but you have to be, create that moment of reflection to be able to identify what have I been, how, how is it that I usually feel? What's my belief system here? Yeah. And just that little moment of kind of assess, self-assessment 
helps you kind of catch. So daily, you can go, okay, I'm feeling tense. Allow your body to inform you if you're in the scarcity mindset, you know? So then you can shift it. I think that that's all. Some people will do it even by journaling, which is, which is another way to see where your thoughts are just to like yeah. jot them down. Um, so you were saying to be honest with yourself, why do people have a hard time being honest with themselves? Like to themselves, no one else is listening. Why can't they admit? Like, I, I know it's challenging. Like I think in the, through growth, like sometimes we, we, we reject or push back on things because we know that's, that's actually a, something that we need, but we don't want to acknowledge that's what we need. We don't want to acknowledge that we have this issue. We don't want to acknowledge that we have this problem in a, in a relationship or in a, yeah. in a business. Uh, some people don't look at their numbers because they don't want to acknowledge that they have problems in their business, you know, things like that. Yeah. So what, what is that? Where does that come from? It's a great question. So it's subconscious. So we're wired for self-protection. One oh. of the reasons we avoid it may not be danger, right? It may not be there in danger, but you're not wanting to have a certain conversation or you're not wanting to look at your numbers because it leads to a feeling of um, not being safe or undesirable feeling. So the reason why we avoid things, um, the reason why we're not honest with ourselves is often it's self-protection. So if you can, but see the self-protection mode within the psyche is primitive. We're better than that we can actually tap into another part of our psyche that can expand you. So once we get to identify that that process is happening within us, if you tap into the potential of your mind, you can expand that. But a lot of times we don't. We just stay with the reactions and feelings we get. That's why we get blocked. And so, all right, here we go. So scarcity mindset, prospecting, acting busy, your day's blown through, you've done nothing, you've not been productive. That's, that's, a, that's a scarcity mindset. Fixed mindset, you're stubborn in your ways, you're doing the same shit, no, no answers to, you, you know, to, to have your, your problems answered and you know, nothing's you know, seeming to go Not wanting head. to change. Not right? wanting to change not, results, whether it's physical, mental, whatever the case may be. Abundance mindset cures everything to grow business, to be productive, to think abstract and to problem solve and to keep calm to, you know, address issues at hand. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing to help shift. Let's say you had a day where you weren't productive, where you feel like, you know what, I didn't do well. Um, I didn't complete anything on my list immediately because of the basement of the house where ego lives. We might go towards judging ourselves and criticizing and feeling like a failure. Well, if you notice you're there, you know what it sounds like already. We talked about how it feels like. Then you know it's happening. Once you know it's happening, let's go to the other floor of the house. Notice that that happened. Recognize it. Two things to practice. Compassion instead of judgment and curiosity. What that means is notice it happened. Notice it wasn't the day how you wanted it to be. Okay, it wasn't. We're not perfect. Perfectionism is an illusion. Perfectionism is part of scarcity mindset. It is an illusion of not accepting anything else because I don't want to fail because um, I have to have something be a certain way. It's fixed. So knowing that and wanting to be the best I am, I can be compassion recognizes how the day went. We're not going to, we're not going to lie to ourselves and say, oh my gosh, no, it was a great day. Let's say it wasn't. That's okay. And then add a dose of curiosity. I, I want to align my attention with my intention. When your attention is aligned with 
intention, meaning you're focused with your goal. So today wasn't a great day. Tomorrow, I would like it to be a little bit better. There's a book that says 1% better. If you can just do 1% better tomorrow, so here's compassion instead of criticizing yourself, and then you focus on the attention for tomorrow, meaning your energy, your actions, what, what needs your attention to match your intention. And then tomorrow with curiosity, I wonder all the things I can accomplish and connect with the feeling of, I'm gonna be that energy of expansion, that energy of um, being able to speak to somebody and exert that energy, you know? So it's the curiosity towards the I am that I can be, the I am that I truly am, and not based on the layers and based on the illusions I've created about me and my life. Align, attention to align with your intention. Mm -hmm. And that, if you're clear, you have to be clear about your intention. If you say your intention is to, you know, make a certain amount of money by the end of the month, that's not as clear because, yeah, it's a nice goal. But if that's creating anxiety for you, we need to shift that goal. So get really clear about your intention so you can align it right and put your attention on it. If you say, okay, it's not about the money, because a lot of times people have a difficult time reaching that money. So now survival mode kicks in and then they get, they get fixed. But if you say, I'm going to exert my energy in every phone call, in every file that I, that I touch, in every um, client I speak with, I'm going to be that I am. And this will lead me to close deals. This will lead me to my abundance. Now it's not about the number anymore. It's about the energy you're exerting. It, your, more, your mind will accept that better than crap, there's a number and that's a scary number and we're not close to it. You're going to have a blockage. Yeah, that makes wow. sense. This is yeah. great stuff, man. Let me now, ask, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I, want, I wanted to ask you a question because Anthony and I always talk about this. Like when, when we work out, he works out more than I do. When I work out in the mornings, I always have a better day. Mm -hmm. But some days I don't do it because of whatever reason. Uh, lots of reasons, <laughs> but what is it physiologically? Like what happens to our brain? Why is that the way it is? Give me like, give me something there. Okay. Huh? Dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in the brain, when you work out, working out helps the release of endorphins and dopamine. Dopamine is the happy neurotransmitter. It's like the, the good juice that we want. When you work out automatically, your brain starts producing more of that and you feel it, you feel the results, you feel excited. In addition to that, after you work out, you also might have a sense of pride, accomplishment, all of those things that can mold belief system and who I am and I am doing well. Um, here's the thing about working out. So because of all my health issues, I have had to adjust how my body works. So in the past, I used to lift weights and run for hours. Now I have to be mindful of how much I walk. So I remember I was on my spinning bike and I decided to do 20 minutes. I did my 20 minutes. I felt pride. A second later, I went to the basement of the house and I went, well, 20 minutes, not an hour. What is that going to do? That little voice of the ego made sure to speak. In that moment, I felt sad. I felt like a failure. And I had to go, hey, Tamara, mm -mm, this is not happening because I make it a commitment with myself to practice self-awareness. And then I said, oh, you're feeling like a failure. And I said to myself, Tamara, we're not going to do that. This is a relationship with the self. I'm going to practice my compassion. I'm going to create this integration with self. 
20 minutes is great. It's better than zero. We have to go slow. It's about creating this relationship. We're no longer going to be in the basement of the house. So the mental aspect with the physical aspect in the brain unblocks. But how come, how come I know, so, so why is something, <laughs> something that I know, uh, maybe it's a personal question, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate. It's something we know is good for us. We, we feel good after we do it. The brain is, is releasing endorphins. Why is it so hard mm-hmm. to get on? Why is it so oh, hard to good, start? Great question. I'm glad that you said that because there's a part of us that labels it as maybe hard work. I don't feel like it. I'd much rather be asleep in the morning, more desirable. As soon as you label that, as undesirable, you'll be like, I don't want to go because your brain, it's not igniting in a way that makes you run towards it. If you have this feeling towards, um, if you have this feeling towards getting up in the morning, being desirable, you're not going to reject it as much. So I struggle a little bit with getting up in the morning to work out. So instead of thinking about the workout itself, I focus on self-love and the energy of vitality, feeding my cells. I I break it down to the cell level. I want my cells to be replenished with life. So what I do is those 20 minutes are gonna give me a burst of life. Because I focus as that as as my goal, it's no longer about working out. So now I wanna do it. You have to find what moves you. If you find what moves you, you have aligned your intention. Now you just have to get your attention to match that. So you have to redefine your goal. So behavior comes after you've become clear about your mindset. The the night before I'll like, this sounds crazy, but I'll I'll literally like train my brain and say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to get to the gym. And and I I have to do that because the the, the morning of I'm tired, man. Like I'm exhausted (laughs) and, and I'm just spent. And today, this morning, I didn't run with my new glasses that I got. I got pissed at myself. I'm like, damn it, I forgot my glasses, son of a bitch. And I had the best run ever because, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's you're psyching yourself out, basically. Yeah. So focus on, sometimes it helps me when I focus on the pride I will feel. Imagine the pride, embody the feeling, the energy, the sensation of the pride I will feel after those 20 minutes of working out or 30 minutes. And as soon as I remember, and I have an exercise if we have time, that helps expand brain. So this is a physiological and mental exercise to expand brain. Mm, um, yeah, it's really quick. Um, but when you create and embody, you relive that sensation of the pleasure I will feel, your brain starts wanting it. All of a sudden you're like, ooh, ooh, give it to me. And it's easier to go and exercise. Um, so- Or anything, you, right? Or it's- anything. It's yeah, not or- just exercise. It's like that same, like when you have that, I got to make my 10 calls, for example, uh, I got to do something. And when you're done and you actually finish it, there's a really great feeling. Cause we know yeah. it was good for us, for our business. We know we moved the needle. We know we completed something. We told ourselves we were going to do. Yeah. So it's all- That's all- the feeling. That's the feeling that I focus on with my documentation because I feel so expanded and powerful and successful after I finish my documentation that I don't think about the documentation as a goal. That desire becomes my goal. So now I go for it. Yeah. That's so, not, what I just posted was not waiting for the sale. Like we're waiting for them to call us, meaning the client. That would be scarcity mindset. Acting mm-hmm. busy. Get our calls. I, it's completed. The abundance mindset, what you're basically describing is going to get it and to, and to do it and, and just making it better for you to be productive. 
Yeah. The abundance mindset is telling your brain and your mind, the sales are already mine. You know, this is already a result. I'm not going to go and, and this, I don't, I don't um, force the sale. I align myself and my energy to really um, have sale be a result. So instead of being the goal, it becomes the result of something you're going to do. Even and how you're even, going to be. Even like within the comparisons or if feeling very like, um, like, oh, I, 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 I got to get my business from that. Like, instead, let me rephrase because it's not coming out smoothly. A lot of agents, business owners, people, when they're trying to grow their business, they think like for me to grow mine, I got to take it away from somebody else. And I and uh-huh. like, you, you know, that, that competitiveness of mm-hmm. that. And I think that comes in, in from the, from the scarcity mindset is yeah. you're not taking from somebody else. There's enough business out there for anybody. There's enough houses out there for all our buyers, even though, the, even though we are at a low, uh, a low yeah. inventory, like it's, it's there, it's, it's there for you. It's out there. You just got to be re- ready to receive it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's abundance mindset. So at a workshop I did, I recall a realtor asked the question and it was an amazing question. She said, this is Florida. There are millions of realtors out there. Why would I be the one picked? You know, and here's the interesting thing. There's only one of you in existence. Only one with your energy, only one with your psyche, only one with your mind. There's no one, no one, no one else out there like you. You have to align with the energy of who you are and what you bring, you have to know the I am. And yes, that client could go with somebody else and have a fabulous experience. It's not about being better. It's about being able, about about being the I am that will bring this to you. So it's almost like a service. It's focusing on the mindset of service. I will be the one, the channel that will serve you in this way that will be beneficial and successful for both of us. I will get my sale, you get your house, happiness, harmony. So it's not about comparing to other realtors. It's about embodying the I am that will make that transaction successful. So good. Before we do the exercise, I know we're like, we're running out of time, but I have one more thing I want to bring up because we spoke about thinking of the benefits after working out or doing something we say, right? So focusing on that and then relabeling it as not being something that that you don't want to do. What Mm -hmm. about things that we know we shouldn't do? That we know we shouldn't do? Yeah. So let's say if someone's like trying to be healthy and then they go eat something that they know they're not supposed to eat or someone that um, skips like skips out on something be- that they know they need to be there and they just okay. don't want to do it. It's so a great how- question. Like the, the, the opposite of what we were talk- talking about. That scarcity mindset. Why are you not able to have that thing to eat? Unless you have a health issue that if you eat that, it might really, you know, kill you yeah but you can't be eating cookies every day all day every every day right see, so like what let, let me go right then and there okay melinda we need to talk okay <laughs> okay let, stick with me because this is good that is fixed mindset you just gave me an all or nothing you said we can't be eating every day all day you're right melinda we probably shouldn't right <laughs> but that slice of pizza Two, those cookies, there's nothing wrong. It was the layer of society that created this diet culture that now makes that cookie have so much power. What if we ate the cookie and we go, okay, I had it. It was nice. Um, I'm going to 
and I'm gonna match my attention with my intention for the rest of the day. I'm gonna match my attention with my intention tomorrow and balance it. I like to say the balance is not a place to get to, balance is daily. It's like daily, how was my morning? How can I add a little balance to it? That mm -hmm. relieves so much stress, you know, yeah. because then you don't feel like you're failing all the time. You're actually yeah. becoming, you're living, you know, you're at ease, even I, if you have cookies. I, I switched that, so about five years ago, man, I switched that. I was thinking like four months ahead of time and I was going nuts. It's like, there's no way I'm gonna do this. And then I was like, screw this day by day. And it's yeah. so, now it's clear set mindset with just dealing with today. And everybody has bad days, good days. It's okay. It's about that compassion and curiosity, you know? Good stuff, man. I know. Okay, so what's the exercise? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, a couple of things. So what I would like to have you guys try, if you'd like, is at the end of the day, so there's this, there's this part in the brain it is in the prefrontal cortex and it's right here. It's the medial cortex. That part is powerful with awareness. If you work on expanding it, it helps you become more aware and with a, a, an expanded vision of everything, not so stuck in, and, and um, fixed. So at the end of the day, um, take a few minutes, a couple minutes, doesn't have to be meditating and no, just a few minutes and find Think of an event, and I think I posted about this a while ago, but think of an event, maybe during that day um, or that week, but try to find in the day that gave you pleasure, that it was, it was filled with good feelings and it was light and just stay there and try to refill it. Try to notice the sensations, um, try to become, to go back into that moment just for a little bit. Use your memory and your imagination. Here's an example. Um, the other day, I was, uh, my, my office is really cold sometimes, so there was a moment where I made some hot tea, and I was sitting on this chair I have where by the window, and I have like the long, big windows, and the sun was just hitting that chair. When I sat on it, it was warm, and when I just closed my eyes, and I felt the sun, and I had my cup of, my cup of tea, I just felt so like warm and cozy, and in that moment, I just went like, Ooh, just like when you take off your shoes at night, mm. right? I don't know about you, Anthony, but when I take off my shoes, I'm like, ah, it's great. <laughs> that moment of pleasure. So I want to notice something specific and relive it. So remember the coffee, the tea, remember the feeling of pleasure. It's more specific than just thinking about your family. Now, if you had a moment where let's say your son or your kid held your face and gave you a kiss and you felt that moment, think of that. It has to be specific. It cannot be general because then it's just, it's gratitude, but we need specific pleasure with connecting with that moment. Mm -hmm. If you do this every day, you're going to be working out, like working out this part of the brain and it helps you shift faster into awareness from ego because we have an ego. We have this level of the house. It's normal right? We will go there sometimes when there's traffic, when we have an argument, when we feel fear, but we want to become able to shift up. Now, here's the thing about working out and everything we talked about. The more you focus on shifting, it's just like a muscle in the beginning. You're not too good at it. You resist more, but the more you do it, it becomes, it rewires your brain. It becomes a part of who you are. So it's difficult in the beginning, but then it just becomes easy afterwards. 
amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. That was, Great. That was an amazing, amazing hour. I yeah. feel so. <laughs> that was I, so good. I, 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 I can keep going. <laughs> highlighted stuff, man. Like, I'm like, it, it, all, it all intertwines with everything. Everything. It's so good. And so, and it's so important uh, that we don't ignore these things and take the time. So that's why we brought Tamara on to help you guys take some time to think about these things. Thank you so much, Tamara, for, for joining us today. My pleasure. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Anthony, another great show. This is definitely awesome. one for the books. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Let's have an amazing day, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.